Yeah. This is a um, cinematic, uh, Netflix and Kill cinematic universe, <laughs> where we're talking about old episodes and new episodes. It's me coming for Jigsaw. I know yeah, he's out there, and I'll find him. Mike's Mike's got some words for you. Mike, check. <laughs> and his and his words are, "I'm the boss. I'm the cake boss." <laughs> <laughs> well, we brought it around. Yes, we did. Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting the horror films of Netflix. I'm Kite. I'm Marty. And I'm Hannah. We watched a movie. We did. We, we watched a movie. We watched a good movie this time. I yeah. know. Why is it always the funny ones I like the yeah. most for this podcast? Like, yeah. I like uh, Little Evil. I like this. Um, and I liked... That's it. <laughs> <laughs> some other ones. Would you rather was funny, but that was because it was bad. I wouldn't oh. say I liked it. <laughs> yeah. We had fun watching it. We liked, um, The Strangers. Yeah, we Strangers was good. Strangers was good. And we liked The Invitation. Yes. I didn't see The Invitation. Oh, I really? was I was absent for that one. That one had what? our had our good pal Josh. 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 Come back, Josh. <laughs> you. Yes. But yes, I liked this one. Yeah, yes. So I did to- too. Today we're here to talk about Murder Party. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um... It's 2007, I think, is when this yes. came out. And it's by the director of Green Room. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which Written I and directed and shot by Jeremy Solner? Solnier? Solnier. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Jer- Jeremy, Jer- please tell us how to pronounce your name if you're listening to this. Yeah. Um, as someone with Solnier. a hard-to-pronounce name, I understand the struggle, and I'm sorry. We respect you. And yes. you like your movies. I like your movies a lot. Me yeah. too. I had seen Green Room before. I think we've all seen Green Room, right? Yeah. Green Room, I think, was one that I fell asleep during, but not because the movie was boring. I was just tired. And it's one That's that I need to re- revisit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a lot of uh, trying to do homework, turning on a movie, and then accidentally falling asleep during it. So. Definitely, definitely. But this one, I don't think we, we did any of those things. We, no. But I also, I did not get what I expected. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. So... Yeah, we, we didn't know anything about this going in. We knew the synopsis that they list on Netflix, and um, I'd seen we, knew the, the, we knew the director, and yeah. that was, like, enough to sell us. At least it was enough to sell me. Yeah. So the premise of this movie is that a lonely and kind of nerdy man gets invited to a Halloween party on Halloween night, and... Does he, or does he just kind of find it? So he what, finds an what invitation. Happens, what happens but, at the very beginning is that like they like threw invitations around the city and they're just blowing around in the wind, and he just like stops and picks one up, and mm-hmm. then he's like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but by chance, he decides to go to this mysterious party, mm-hmm. and it turns out to be a murder party where a group of weird art, art students, students <laughs> are going to murder someone. On camera and turn it into art. Yep. That's the premise. This is one of those that I'll say, like, I would recommend. So, like, yes. if you're, if this sounds interesting to you, um, go watch it now and then come back because we're going to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Um, you will not get what you expect. I very much yeah. expected, like, a survival. Fight, yeah, a survival fight for your life. Kind of like Green Room. Goofy comic. Yeah, yeah. kind of like Green Room. Or, like, more recently, like, Ready or Not, where you're, yeah. like, running around trying to survive and there's, like, elements of comedy. Um, that's very much not what this was. No, but, but yeah. we loved what it was. Oh, my God. Yeah. Reading about it, like, these people just really wanted to make movies together, and most of it 
is just friends doing what they can with the budget they have that they have brought themselves. Mm-hmm. And, like, that does explain why it's not as intense as, like, Green Room or Ready or Not, because they just can't afford to, so they have to to come up with creative ways to get around that. And it's it's entertaining, I would say, the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's got this, like, dry sense of humor that so many other people have tried to do that I just find very boring, but not in this movie. Like, I, yeah. I actually am kind of bored by the movie Office Space. I've never seen it, so it's I wouldn't just, know. It's trying to capture this dry sense of humor that's very similar to, like, the first season of The Office. Mm-hmm. To me, maybe I'll feel differently, it's been a while, but this movie has, like, a combination of dry humor, but also, like, once you you feel like you're comfortable in this space of, like, oh, these people are just kind of talking fucking right. Oh, shit, something just happened! Yeah. Oh, that's crazy! <laughs> And yeah. then it settles down again after something funny happens, and then it just picks right back up into, what the hell are these people doing? Yeah, but the, the dynamic between the characters always is always engaging throughout mm-hmm. the whole film, mm-hmm. even if, like, it seems like nothing's happening. Yeah. I guess that's kind of where the tension of the movie comes from, really, because, like, it definitely fits in the horror category, but it's not a traditional horror film, I wouldn't say, because mm-hmm. it doesn't have any of those, like, tropey elements you would expect. It's just kind of a bunch of people talking, but there is definitely the strong buildup of tension because the relationships between all these people are very odd and have their own tensions. I think most of the horror elements come into play, like, right around the very end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's when everything, like, really picks up. Spoilers, like, a bunch of people die, and then, like, there's a chase around, uh, Mm -hmm. like, this block where there's, like, a party... And uh, one of the characters is chasing uh, the main character around with an axe and is trying to kill him. And and the, the chainsaw. There are chainsaws. Yeah, there's a guy with a chainsaw and his face is melted off. And oh, one of my favorite of- visual jokes in this movie was that, like, the chainsaw needs to be plugged in to work. <laughs> yes. So he just runs around with his chainsaw and this giant extension cord, like, <laughs> trying to find a place to plug it in. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should give all the party members names, kind of like we did in Saw oh, 2. Oh, I, re- I remember all their names. What's oh, their good names? Okay, so, um, the girl in the blonde wig with, like, the blue stripe across her face. Yeah, that's the, uh, oh, fuck, what's the name of the movie? Blade Runner. This Blade Runner card. Yeah. Um, her, her name is Lexi. Um, there's Paul, who's the guy dressed as a vampire. Um, Macon is the werewolf drunk guy. Um, Bill is the guy, the, the baseball, um, with the yellow face paint. And then there's Sky, who was the cheerleader at the beginning and she, like, dies really quickly. <laughs> um, and then there's, uh, Alexander and, uh, Zyko, who are, like, the guys that are supposed to give these art students, like, grant money, so. And then there's Chris, who, uh, is the guy that they kidnap and, uh, hold hostage, and he's dressed in a cardboard night suit the whole time, and it's, (laughs) like, the silliest thing ever, because, like, you, you have these, like, art students, and they have, like, really weird costumes and stuff, and you pan over, and there's just a guy in cardboard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's really funny. Yeah, it is really funny. But, yeah, they're, they're... Just these really bizarre characters who are trying to impress a, a guy who says he's going to give them a grant, which is, you know, most likely BS, and you kind of suspect this through the whole film, but that's, mm-hmm. like, a part of the tension, and then just the different relationships between the characters of who's attracted to who, and who gets jealous, and yeah, Sky like, dies by accident, because yeah. Chris had brought... 
He, this sweet, sweet man, he baked pumpkin bread to bring mm-hmm. to the party, mm-hmm. and... He put raisins he in put it. He put raisins in it, and she's like, oh, raisins make me dizzy. And, and the then, preservatives, she's allergic to the preservatives in the raisins, and mm-hmm. so she... <laughs> when she sits, she, like, falls, yeah. and she hits her head on something sharp, and just, like, And that's dies. how she goes. <laughs> yeah. And then the, everyone starts freaking out and yelling at Chris. He's like, they're like, you killed her, you killed her, and he's like... Like screaming, he's like, I don't know what happened. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then they pour vinegar on it because they thought it was acid. <laughs> I need to look at this up. This actor, the guy who plays what's the name of the guy, cardboard knight, Chris. Uh, Chris. Chris. His I name love, is also Chris. I love this actor. He just like he can just look a certain way or like glance, and I, it's also a combination of the editing, which is also mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. in this movie. Yeah, but. He, he just makes me laugh. He makes me like him. Like, there's... Mm-hmm. when As soon as we're introduced to him, I don't know, it's just... He just has this pleasant face. He looks like he's just... He's just trying to have a good life, and he's trying to be a good person. And I just... I don't know. That's so sweet. He just sweet. reminds me of, like, one of our professors. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Only, like, way nerdier. <laughs> and, like, what was it when he goes home, and he, like, is about to sit down and watch TV, and he looks down, and he's like, Sir Lancelot, can you move? And it's his cat, and they just have this little long staring competition, and he's like... Okay, fine. And then he goes <laughs> sits on a different area. And how do you just like people being nice to animals is one of the ways I think films can immediately make you mm-hmm. like a character. Oh, the yeah. only other time I can think of immediately liking a character is in the shape of water when Sally does the little tap dance in the hallway. Oh yeah. So dancing and animals are the two ways to make people I, like your characters. That, he also that, likes Halloween and I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> There's like relate. a kind of Thing that kind of happens in what we do in the shadows um, when they introduce Viago and he's like, he like gets up out of the coffin but he's like struggling to get up all the way and then he like looks at the camera and smiles like all awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. It's like you goofus, I love you. Yeah, <laughs> goofy, cutest smile. Goofy, sweet mm-hmm. people. I think this he he would fit in that category. He yes. reminds me of Stu. Yeah, yes, I could definitely. He's very, he's a very Stu character. Where like. Not much happens with him in the plot, but, like, what does happen is, like, the best part of the movie. (laughs) Well, and he also, like, it's funny because, like we said, we thought this film was going to be a survival where once he figures out, oh, these people want to kill me, they don't want to party, like, he'd get free and then the rest of the night would be then, like, searching for him somewhere in the warehouse and, like, him pulling a Home Alone or a Die Hard where he, like, takes them out one by one as he fights his way to freedom. Mm -hmm. But no, it's mostly, he has one moment where he, like, gets away quickly (laughs) (laughs) which is so good the the setup for this is that like he's chained to a chair and like they're all like all the people at this like murder party are standing in a circle talking about getting food they're like we need to order a cake and someone's like i need I i want pizza and then they're like no sushi thai food i ate thai food yesterday no, I, I don't, don't want to get Asian food. What about burgers? Have you ever had burgers? Just get a pizza! <laughs> and then someone's like, oh shit! And they yeah, turn around and he's already out of the gone. chair. He's like, <laughs> yeah, and then he hides, he hides in a closet and one of them grabs the chainsaw and is like revving the chainsaw while he's standing in the closet and you cut to him in the closet looking for things to like, you know, help him get out of the situation. And, and then you cut back to the everyone standing outside the door, and he opens the door, and he's just holding a bunch of stuff. 
and he throws it at them, and then, like, does this weird little, like, zigzag movement and, like, runs away, but they catch him, like, two seconds later. Yeah. It's really funny. It is really funny. And, and yeah, the only reason they also don't kill him is because Alexander, the man who's giving them the grant, says it would be more poetic to kill him at the witching hour of midnight, which I don't even think is the witching hour. Yeah. No, the witching hour is, like, 3 a.m. Yeah, so, like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, but the... The, but it's also perfect. I, mm-hmm. I do like this, though, that because it's so true to the character that, like, he wouldn't be yeah. able to fight back. Mm-hmm. A- and I like this. I mean, like, obviously, you know, it's cool to see the power fantasy of, like, yeah, being able to fight back. But, like, mm-hmm. realistically, this is not a fit guy. Like, yeah. he's up against, like, five, six other people. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's not gonna fight back in some badass way. So I kind of like that they acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. But, like... At the same time, though, the people he's up against are also a bunch of dumbasses. Yeah, they're, they're oh a my bunch God. of like cokehead, drunk ass idiots. They're the kind of people who would pull like a stunt like this. When you really think about it, you're like, yeah, a bunch of dumb art people who don't know what they're doing. And I yeah. say this as a dumb art person myself. Oh, yeah. I would yeah, never attempt too. murder. This movie was so funny because, like, I feel like we know people like this in, at the art school. <laughs> yeah, this guy definitely went to film school, and he knows some of these people. Like, you go to some of the exhibits that are, like, restricted in certain art museums and places, and you you can totally see these kinds of people we, making we that shit. We talked about this one in our uh, Saw 2 episode, uh, the place in France where they uh, have the... Ah, poop, Jesus piss jar. The Jesus piss jar and the poop blanket. The poop blanket, yeah. <laughs> and everyone applauds it for being this wonderful piece of art. Or some guy's like, I bled on this piece of wood. And they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. And they look... That's... <laughs> they do that, though, like, in, in, in the movie, like... The guy, Alexander, who's, like, promising them money and stuff, he's, like, waxing poetic about the witching hour, and and then, like, everyone just, like, stares at him for two seconds, and then they all just start clapping so <laughs> loudly, and it's like, this is the biggest crock of shit I have ever heard, and these people are applauding. <laughs> right, so I think it's, it's easy with this movie, because it does, it meanders a bit, but not in, it's like an intentional meandering, kind mm-hmm. of like in a movie where the whole point is just to see these people interact. Yeah. And so I would say the movie is cut into, like, three parts. One is him going to the murder party and getting captured. The second part is them, like, doing a bunch of drugs, figuring out Alexander is a full of shit, and he doesn't know anything about the art world, and he was actually going to kill all of them and sell their art Mm -hmm. um, after the murder party. And then the artists all killing each other, and Chris gets free, and then the surviving artists try to chase him yeah. down and kill him. So yeah. the chasing people. him through like a, a an art opening. Yeah. yeah. There's they like, like a party. They of, like, like a run big... down the block from like this warehouse and like one of their uh friends from like art college is like hosting like a party with a uh, some kind of uh performance art piece going on and <laughs> they sneak into the he like so Chris like sneaks into the performance art piece and he's like I'm just gonna hide here for a minute, and then the the last person in the art student murder club murder club is uh, Bill, the guy who um, is dressed as a baseball player, but he painted his face yellow, and he walks in and he just kills all the performance artists and like tries to kill Chris, but like 
at the last minute, um, the guy with the guy with the chainsaw who's like has to plug the chainsaw and falls off a building, and the chainsaw is just hanging by the extension cord, and so Chris grabs it out of the window and just like tears into Bill at the last minute, and it's like, and then all the art critics like open the door as the gallery opens, and they're like, hmm, this is the new Miss Still Life. This is a Miss. Um, what are art terms? I didn't. You yeah, guys know this art is a terms. Still Life piece. This is the most. Ambitious thing they've ever done. Avant garde. <laughs> I'm just gonna like throw just all the art words I know. Avant garde, niche, uh, pastels, uh, g- color palette. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like they're brush, like, bro, brush strokes and breast strokes. That's actually funny because like these models are naked and painting each other's bodies. Romantic period. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So, like, everyone's dead, and uh, Chris walks out of there, and then he uh, pulls out a cell phone and dials 911 and gives it to the security guard guy at the performance art piece, and he goes, it's real, and then walks out, and um, and then he goes home. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, this movie was so funny. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, honestly, the gore they could afford, because there is some pretty gross shit in this movie, but, yeah. like, on such a low budget, like, well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. They did a great job with it. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I just really liked this movie. Yeah. yeah, I highly recommend it. Like, I was texting my brother as we were watching him, like, hey, you seen Murder Party? You should see Murder Party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Like, even when they were just faffing around and literally fucking each other and just <laughs> saying like oh I don't think your art is very uh, modern they, I think it they, is very postmodern so or some weird took, backhanded shit they took drugs that are that's like a like a truth serum or whatever and so like they they like can't lie to each other about whatever and like they, <laughs> one of the guys the guy that's dressed as a vampire um Paul he uh he goes I'm bisexual. I think everyone's bisexual. They just don't know it yet. And then, like, literally two seconds later after that, you can see him and Alexander having sex in the back room. But it's It's funny because right before that, Alexander was having sex with Lexi. Yeah, in the exact same way. It's the same shot set up. Yeah, they just have a different guy in the front. into a montage. Yeah, it was really funny. Uh, It's always really hard for me to talk about these movies that I actually do like because I like it's hard to just explain what makes something funny you know Mm -hmm. like I always feel like I'm explaining the joke but like again so many of these are dependent on the timing and the framing and the watching the movie so I don't even if you like listen to this whole explanation before watching it I still think you're gonna get something out of it and find it funny Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because I thought the editing was really good in this movie and I, I I believe the director also was the Director of photography? Let me verify he, that. But yeah, I think he did yeah. most everything. Yeah. I know, like, literally everyone on set, they were friends, like you said earlier. Um, and, like, like everyone who was in the movie basically had a job on, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the the guy, Paul, he did makeup effects. So, um, I think he did, like, all the gore and stuff. Which is really impressive. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that was... That was really impressive, dude. Yeah, like, well done. Good job. Yeah. Oh, what Uh, else? I want to talk about the costumes in this movie, (laughs) because, like, the costumes were so... 
you know, they they really stood out. Like, I hadn't seen costumes like that before. Mm-hmm. Like, even just, like, the cardboard night outfit that Chris is wearing. Yeah. Like, it's iconic because, like, that's a shape of, like, helmet that you've never really seen before. Yeah. And, like... The, the it, like drag a, turns the silhouette is what sells it. The he brought a cardboard sword mm-hmm. and so like and then like um Bill's costume he's got like this yellow painted face and he's wearing a baseball costume but one of his eyes is blacked out and like around his mouth is covered in black paint and mm-hmm. like a frowny face. I'm sure it's something in culture or pop, but I don't know what. Um, I just looked it up. His costume is called Baseball Fury from the Warriors. Hmm. I have not seen that movie. So, I have not seen that either. That's really interesting. Um, and then you have like Wolfman, Vampire, which um, I the Daryl Hannah's character from Blade Runner, which I absolutely love because that is what most Halloween costumes are. It's like a usually someone dresses up like as their favorite character mm-hmm. from a movie, and some art kid who thinks it would be cool to murder someone and like put it in their film would definitely like be the kind of person who says like Blade Runner is the best movie ever and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And if you say anything wrong about it, I will write you ten Facebook comments posts. Yeah. Okay, but honestly, I cried at the Tears in the Rain speech. Look, Blade oh, Runner's yeah. good, but, like... <laughs> it's not the... Like, with... Well, no, th- this isn't about Blade Runner. Blade Runner's good. Yeah. But, like, I can, I think some... With certain movies, people can take it too far. Like, I like yeah, Fight Club, definitely. but people take it too far. Yeah, there's, like, like those... It's, like... Like, if they had someone in this group dressed as, like, Tyler Durden, I'd be like, yeah, this seems about right. Yep. Or even some... We watched The Matrix recently, and I yeah. think The Matrix is freaking great, and I love every bit of it, but there are still... In every fan base, there's always those one guys, and you're like, oh, you. There's always, like, one person. I'm not like your regular society. I'm cool society. And I dress like Agent Smith. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm a Reddit user also, like, pretty extensively, Mm -hmm. and just hearing the way people talk about the Blade Runner movies on Reddit gets a little bit old. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, I like the Blade Runner movies, but, like... Oh, the year, that, especially, like, the year that the new Blade Runner came out, it was, like, yeah. kind of insufferable to go on to the Reddit film threads, and, like, all people would talk about is Blade Runner, and it's like, oh, it's the greatest movie of this century so far, and, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, it's good, but, like, there's other movies that came out this year, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, there's... this lady never got to see the new Blade Runner. Oh, no. she died. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wah, wah. Yeah, talking about this and, like, how it kind of fits into the movie, like, there's there's definitely, like, a line that you cross when you, like, get into, like, you know, you can be a fan of a film, but, like, if you, if you like, get into, like, it's the best film ever made and if nobody understands it, it's because they don't, they don't, they're stupid and, like, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And that's, like, that's the line between being a fan and being a bro. Yeah. Well, and one thing I actually really liked that they talked about in this movie was when they all do the truth drug, um, Uh and they go around a circle, and I think she says something about, like, I hate things that are good because it makes me feel shitty about myself because I will never be as good, and that's relatable. That's a very big She said that right after they told Bill that they were gonna kick him out of their art collective group because his work made them feel bad about their own work. Yeah. Well, and there's that scene, because Bill's, like, breaking point, because at the start of the film, he's, like, really mellow and, like, mm-hmm. detached from what's going on. He's just, like, playing video games yeah. and, like, kind mm-hmm. of ignores everything at first. But he hits this breaking point and, like, snaps when 
because you also see him painting mm-hmm. sometimes throughout the film, and um, so, like, they all, he goes outside to go check on, I think, the dog or something, mm-hmm. and then, like, they all start shitting on his painting while he's gone, mm-hmm. and, like, oh, that's terrible, and he comes back and overhears them, and, like, that is kind of his breaking point yeah. of, like, hearing them all shit on his art, and it's implied that they only do it because, like, they are they, jealous. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, like, they were on the truth serum when they said, like, yeah, we're kicking you out because you're way too good and, like, you make us feel bad about it. Well, yeah. what was it? I love how this movie points out that the ego is, like, one of the most powerful driving forces of human beings. Like, when Alexander is given the truth serum and he says, like, yeah, I was gonna kill you all and sell your art. The only thing that... Yeah. L- Lisa? Liza? Lexi. Lexi. Liza Minnelli's here! <laughs> um, she's like, but you like our art. And, like, that's the thing she takes out of that, of, like, yeah. I was going to murder, and you like, but, but you like my art. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, all these people I do see <laughs> oh. as believable characters, maybe not, maybe not literally believable as people, but, like... They're definitely caricatures of people you will find in the art world. Yeah, the like, emotions that drive them are believable. Yes. 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 Definitely. Like, even if they're exaggerated, the emotions behind these characters is real. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I'm trying to think of the moment when shit gets real. Uh-huh. Oh, it's when, like, Alexander's, like, kill them. When, like, the yeah. hitman comes back in after getting, like, takeout, yeah. and he's just like, oh yeah, kill him. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, right after, so, like, Paul grabs one of the truth serum needles, and, uh, Alexander hadn't taken one. He had, like, hidden the needle and, like injected it into a slice of pizza and like the only person who saw it was Chris because everyone else was like too busy shooting up but like they um they they give him a truth serum while they're like talking him up and stuff and like he says I'm a fry cook and my name is Tim (laughs) and it's and and then they like your name's not even Alexander. Is his real name Hellhammer? And they're talking about the dog that he brought. And he goes, no, that's his real name, but I'm putting him down soon. And they're like, why? Is there something wrong with him? He goes, no, I just don't like adult dogs. I only like them when they're puppies. And it's like... Uh, the <laughs> ultimate douchebag. Right? It's like, not only were you going to kill these people and sell their mm-hmm. art, you're, you're also going to put down a dog because it's not cute enough anymore. I also want to like, say, every single one of these actors is perfect in this movie. Right? They don't do... No one does a disservice. Like, even mm-hmm. the extras, like, at the end when they're, like, art critics and they're, like, looking at this murder scene and they think it's art, they're like, oh, yes, mm, perfect, yes. They know exactly what kind of movie they're in and exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. And there is, like no loose cannon or loose bolts or no one's loose everyone's tight Mm -hmm. this is a tightly run ship and i love every single person like and most of these people i i don't know any of these actors i don't think no they're they're all just friends of the director well they're all insanely talented and i hope they Mm do more i know i know macon blair um who the wolfman guy Mm -hmm. um he's been in a couple other things he was in Green Room, I think, and uh, a couple other movies that this director has done. Um, well, that's I, good, because uh, this director, it, it might help that they're all friends, but, like, they all knew wh- what the tone was and what delivery was necessary, mm-hmm. and, like, the communication was so good. Because with comedy, sometimes it's so hard to make sure everybody's on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I just really appreciate this movie. Not only is it, like, a good Halloween film, but it's also, like, a really good commentary on the art world and, like, how, you know, if you're so self-absorbed, like, your your art isn't gonna be good. Like, the 
the best part of this movie was Chris, and that's because, like, everyone else was so self-absorbed, and they, like... Well, I think Chris was authentic. Like, Chris, Chris, even when he took the truth serum, and when he was saying all these horrible things about himself that he, I could tell he truly believed, where he's like, I don't think anyone will miss me. One time, I pooped my pants at my friend's wedding, and, like, (laughs) that was a big moment in my life. And just the fact (laughs) that he, like, we just see this guy who's not trying to be anything Mm -hmm. other than he is. He just sees party invitation, wants to go. He makes an outfit out of cardboard. This guy's just, he's just Mm -hmm. looking to, like, have company and have a good time and mm-hmm. be nice. He leaves candy corn out for kids. Also, that authenticity is based, so simple and nice. Based on everything we know from the beginning, from, like, making the pumpkin bread, you know, letting his cat stay on the couch, mm-hmm. um, leaving the corn, the candy corn out on, on, like, outside so kids can have some, and... The fact that he doesn't, like, he's, hurt he's anyone a, until he's literally cornered. He's definitely, yeah. like, the odd man out in this movie because, like, he is so selfless just from that that small segment that we see of him doing all this stuff is like you know you can tell he's a very nice person he just doesn't have a lot of friends and it just makes you love him so much because like he just wants to like even though these people are terrible and trying to kill him. There's a point where he's still trying to be in the group. Yeah. That, when they're doing the truth serum, they're all making, like, these stupid puns, and then he's like, I, I got a pun. I got a pun. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, never mind. I'm, the I'm having, uh, I'm having one heck of a night. And they all look at him. He goes, you know, with a K, because I'm dressed as a knight. <laughs> and then he goes, don't punish me. And then they all go. Uh, <laughs> one thing I so do love and that tends to happen in horror movies is since like the whole thing is about gory fun and like most of the time the filmmakers don't want us to care about the people that are dying mm-hmm. like when I watch Saw or Saw 2 I don't really care mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. these people are just like you know expendable but this movie actually takes that idea about like okay these people think that this man is expendable Mm-hmm. let's explore that. And even this man who, like, says, I don't think anyone would miss me if I died. I work for, like, the people who give parking tickets. I don't have a use. We still care. Like, mm-hmm. we can acknowledge, yeah, maybe your life isn't the biggest and most important, but I still like him, and I don't want anything bad to happen to him. Yeah. And yeah. I lo- and these art people think, like, just because, you know, what was it they say? Like, this guy responded to a murder party attempt. Like, of course he deserves to die. And, like... I don't think, uh, no, of course no one deserves to die, but I think this movie kind of plays with that reality in, like, a highly fictionalized horror world and points out just the ridiculousness of this idea mm-hmm. of expendable people. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. no one's expendable. This guy is a cat and that's enough. That's this, all we need to like him. <laughs> there, like, that can also apply to, like, the, the other characters, though, because, like, they all see each other as expendable as well. And so, like, you, you see their humanity when they start applying their logic to each other. And, um, like, there's there's Bill, who, like, he snaps because he realizes people are making fun of him, and, like, nobody really likes him because they're jealous of him. And, and then there's, like, there's Macon, who, who, like, has this huge crush on Lexi, and, like, Lexi won't give him the time of day, and, like, whatever but like mm-hmm. but you can you can see him like really trying to like impress her and like be nice to her and all this other stuff and like she's messing around with other guys and like it's not it's not really like her you know 
obligation to be with him, but you can see, like, all of, all of the stuff that he's doing is to impress her. And Lexi, you know, just really needs... She's, she's just very into attention, and, like, it's... No matter who it's from, she just needs attention, and you can tell, like, that's her weakness, is that, like, you can, you can tell she probably wasn't given enough attention when she was younger. And I'm not like, saying, like, this movie's asking it's, us to take it too seriously. Like, it has yeah. a line, like, we clearly are supposed to hate yeah. Alexander, and that actor's yeah. having fun playing this enormous douchebag, and it's <laughs> so fun. Like, I think that's what's great about this movie, is it's human enough to make me give a shit about everybody, yeah. but it's also, it doesn't take itself so seriously that when the blood starts flying, I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know, taken out of it. And then, yeah. my, <laughs> the thing that made me care about Paul is when he goes, I'm bisexual. <laughs> like, that's the yeah. one. <laughs> I went, oh, dude, say. <laughs> well, and when like, he's like, he just wants to make he's art. A, he's a photographer, him. and so, like, he, he just... Wants, wants to take pictures, and, like, nobody's helping him out, and, like... But then the, the assistant, the assistant shows up. set up the lighting, and... and yeah, uh, this guy's just Chris, like, get out of here! Yeah, Chris is like, run, run away now, and she's like, oh, don't worry, every shoot goes like this. Oh my gosh! <laughs> she just thinks, you know, like, they're all just being egotistical, and, yeah. like, yep. she's like, oh, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, what's funny is, like, when you start thinking, you take these people's perspectives, it's so interesting, and then when you step back and you think, hey, wait, wait, hang on, they're gonna murder him, that's, oh, no! <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so confusing, because, like, I, like, I think Chris does, too. He gets caught up in the drama. Yes, yeah. he does. Mm-hmm. It's like, Chris is definitely our, like, like our audience surrogate kind of character, because, like, this is a story about everyone in this art circle being, like, total douchewads to each other, or in their words... Total dildos. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they, that, say, they use that they word say so The much. early 2000s dialogue, like, what is it? I'm yeah. surprised 2007, no, I'm surprised no one called the cocaine Molly at one point, or no, Miley they, or something. They called it Crank. Yeah, no, that's even before <laughs> Molly and Miley. Gosh, I, I know. I like, <laughs> Crank is the name of a young adult series that warned me about the dangers of cocaine. Oh, <laughs> I remember that. But the, the flip phones, too. I'm like, yeah. yeah Middle old. But, like, but, like, I, you know, it's that aesthetic, though. It's like, oh. But this, other than those, like, little details, this movie hasn't aged badly at all. Like, no. I think it, it's, like, there's one moment when she's like, oh, what is it? They're, they're trying to look up something about, like, wait, is there acid in vinegar? I'll look it well, up on the internet. Well, like, that's such a thing. Well, Macon, Macon takes a big jug of acetic acid and pours it all over Chris, thinking it's, like, actual acid that's gonna, like, boil his skin and melt him alive. And as soon as he finishes dumping this whole thing on him, he's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that! Because he's, like, just so mad that his friend just, like, accidentally passed out and died. And, like... Chris is like, I don't know what's going on. It's just like vinegar. And, and they look it up, and acetic acid is vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny, though, when she she does announce, like, oh, let me Google it. <laughs> and, like, I don't know, thinking back, I'm like, because I think she used her phone for it. I'm like, at that point in time, if you, like, use the internet on your phone, you would rack up an enormous phone bill. Yeah. Um, I got in very big trouble for doing that one time. Oh, man. Because yeah. <laughs> we didn't have that data plan. Yeah, also, like, it took forever for yeah, like, the internet to even work on like... your flip phone. <laughs> so, like... But I, I don't know. I did find that amusing, though, that they, like, very loudly announced, yes, we'll use Google the it. internet. 
Ah, yeah. uh, yes. Yeah, it's just a small web. detail. Yeah. Worldwide And web. she's, like, texting on her phone and, like, screams when it rings. This movie is so ridiculous, but I love it. Yeah. It's, oh, my God. And then, mm-hmm. like, Hellhammer, the dog, he's part dingo. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the very end, they have the dog like, eat, yeah, like, he a whole Alexander. pound of cocaine, and then he tears Alexander's face off. Or should I say Tim? <laughs> that was a yeah. thing in Green Room, too, where I there was a dog. I this guy just likes dogs. Maybe. He likes yeah, dogs tearing him. people's faces uh, off. The dog in this movie and the dog in Green Room are both very cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though they're quite vicious. Yeah. Yeah, but you never, like... Even when this dog, and in Green Room, I never felt like, I was never mad at the dogs. Yeah. I was just like, they, they go where they're pointed. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, also, the fact that Alexander had literally just said, like, he was gonna put the dog down for no reason. I'm like, oh, maybe he deserves it then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just the, I love this film as a concept. I think its execution is fantastic. I can see why it won, like, the best audience pick or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. it won audience. Act. I'm assuming, I just came a lot, along about ten years before Green Room, but, like, just the fact that it kickstarted this director's career mm-hmm. is huge, and I think that's a great success. And I look forward to seeing the other movies that he does. And yeah, um, I'm glad this is on Netflix, and I would highly recommend it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think this one might be my favorite we've watched for Netflix and Kill so far. Wow, that's high praise. Yeah, yeah I I don't know if it I would say it's my favorite, but it's definitely up there. Yeah, maybe Hellraiser. No, I I. I love Hellraiser. I so do love Hellraiser. Hellraiser's a classic, but I think this one personally is my favorite so far. My, my favorite episode, I, I don't know about favorite movie, but my favorite episode to record so far is still uh, the Would You Rather episode. <laughs> that, that one was, that was one really was fun. fun. Yeah. I also really like the Saw episodes now. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's hard oh, to talk so and make fun. jokes about movies I genuinely like, but like Saw, I have a good old time mm-hmm. just ripping into that thing like a little uh, half- Half dingo dog. <laughs> Half dingo dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, movies like Saw, I don't feel guilty, like, ripping into them because they're financially successful and they're, you know, well, like, you know, they're well, they've received a lot of mm-hmm. praise and fandom and stuff. So it's like, I don't feel guilty about, like, like, I don't feel like we're punching down. Yeah. yeah. Um, versus movies like this, though, it gives me, it makes me glad that we get a chance to spotlight them, because, mm-hmm. like, this is a movie that I don't know that very many people have seen, and so mm-hmm. I like that we can recommend this. And Well, I love that about the cult scene in the horror community, is that usually the films that get lifted up are people who literally just, like, funded it all themselves, and, like, if they were in it for the money, they... Didn't see a lot of it for a long, yeah. long time. I mean, I yeah. know Evil Dead was kind of in it for the money at well, first, but, you know, the fact that they stuck with it and went through as much hell as they did is admirable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if you were in it for the money, you wouldn't make a film like this. You would make right. it another, you know, crappy ghost film or, like, something that's or Saw. easy to market. Yeah. Well, even Saw, honestly, I think just kind of was successful by accident. Mm-hmm. Or because it... A Saw sequel. Came out at the right time. <laughs> yeah, maybe oh, a Saw yeah. sequel. Yeah, like... But, like, the first Saw, again, like, I will say, as much as I don't like that movie, it was made on a very, very low budget by a bunch of people who were just getting started in the film industry, and so that's mm-hmm. something I do respect about that movie. Yeah. Even though I don't like Maybe a Conjuring knockoff. Yeah, that's a bit more what I was thinking. Like, those, you know, like, the You'd paranormal activity is more of, like... What? You'd make Terrifier. <laughs> oh! oh. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna get into that today. <laughs> I hate it. There, I've gotten into it. I'm out of it now. Goodbye. 
Uh, we might get into it later. Not later. I. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, not with Hannah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for joining us and listening and go watch Murder Party. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, real quickly, we're going to spotlight some other podcasts on the Lunar Light Network. Cryptid Keeper! So Cryptid Keeper is a podcast where two very good friends talk about um, a cryptid of the week. They have they each like switch off um, every week and pick a cryptid and one just tells all these facts about this cryptid to the other one, and it's really fun. Yeah, it's really fun and cute. Can and they talk yes, about makes me happy. Not yet. <gasps> no. Ooh, but, that's... That, but that's what I like about it, is they yeah. talk about, like, the lesser-known cryptids. Ooh. So stuff like Globsters <laughs> and um, my personal favorite, the Fresno Nightcrawler. Yes. Ooh, the Fresno my boy, Nightcrawler. Or I really girl liked... or genderless pair of pants. One of my favorite episodes has been the one that they did on uh, the Yule Lads. The Yule Lads! That one is so funny. They just talk about the Yule Lads the whole time. (laughs) It's a a fun podcast where they're both educational yet silly. They tell you not to get all of your information about the cryptids from them, but like it's still very educational because they put in so much research and they put in so much time to to do this podcast, and it's just great. Yeah. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Cryptids and friendship. What more do you need? Go listen. Hell yeah. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful podcast. Yes. Yeah. And then our other podcast that we're spotlighting this week is Deck of Friendship, run by Ray from Mock Footage and Overwitch, Mars from Artificial Ghost Radio, and Marble, who I think has a YouTube channel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, they talk about card game themed anime right now they're going through Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's highly entertaining. I've never watched Yu-Gi-Oh, but I feel like I can just live there are so many them. Names, and they do justice to every single one. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it's fabulous mm-hmm. and yes. highly recommend. Also, the hosts are just the most wonderful people. Yes. Very sweet and kind. So it's fantastic. Go listen. Mm-hmm. And um, check out all the other Lunar Light podcasts. You can find them at LunarLightStudio.com or on Twitter at LunarLightHQ. Mm-hmm. Literally each and every one of the Lunar Light podcasts is fantastic, and mm-hmm. we're so happy to be part of this podcast family. Yeah. Yes. So where can you guys be found on the internet? Um, I can be found on Twitter at FrostyTheR0Bot. Still in uh, Spider-Man 2 Hell. <laughs> um, <laughs> won't be out of that for very long. Um, but, yeah. Now that we're getting into the spooky season, it's it's probably gonna lean back a little bit from that and make room for all my slasher boys. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can be found wherever books are sold. <laughs> I appreciate Amazing. it. Mm-hmm. And... I can be found at Kai the Jedi on Twitter talking about Transformers. Robots in disguise. Yeah. But also spooky things. Because you're totally not obsessed with robots. Transformers! Robots in disguise! They're spooky. Megatron has fallen! (laughs) I start screaming now, your leader! Decepticons, follow me! Oh boy. But only the spooky Decepticons. Only the spooky ones. Actually. Shockwave. (laughs) (laughs) That's a thing. Spooky season is upon us. Uh, Stay tuned for... We have some 
special episodes coming up in October Woo! because it is not only Halloween month, it is also our one year anniversary. Happy yeah! one year! <laughs> yeah, I'm 27! <laughs> <laughs> So, we'll be celebrating, so stay tuned for that. Yes. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in. Go watch Murder Party. Don't go to any murder parties. Right. And may your nightmares be plentiful. Cue the piano. Welcome to the ad firm of Parker, Lennox, and Rose. Our job is to take your brand and bring it to the forefront of the cultural zeitgeist. None of us have studied advertising. In fact, we don't know anything about business at all. The one thing we do know is how to make your product a viral failure. Coke is just better than Dr. Pepper because Coke did not... Dr. Pepper already did their own advertising by having an actual advertisement where the slogan was, it's not for women. (laughs) (laughs) This is Badvertising. Brought to you by Lunar Light Studio every other Monday. Available on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.